Welcome, birders. This is Ed Pullen, your host on the Bird Banner Podcast, where birders talk birding. I've been trying to find guests recently who bird in some of the states along the Mississippi Flyway, and that's because, as this episode airs, I should be either on my way up the Great River Road after having left New Orleans or still birding in the New Orleans area. I'm pretty excited because this will be a part of the United States that I've not visited or birded previously. On episode 124, I talked with Michael Todd, a top Tennessee birder, and learned about some of the areas along the Mississippi near Memphis uh, where I should get some really good birding in. And on this episode, I talk with Alex Marine. Alex is a Missouri native who did a Missouri Big Year in 2021, last year. He lives in Kansas and so spends more time birding in western Missouri, but really has birded quite a bit along the flyway, and I, I learned a lot from talking with him. Alex had the perfect opportunity to do a big year last year, as he had a job doing bird surveys in Missouri wetlands. So he traveled a lot throughout the state and worked, worked in a lot of top birding areas looking for birds. He made the most of it with a great big year that he refers to as his self-found big year, meaning most of the birds on his big year were birds that he found in the course of birding rather than being birds chased after that were found by other birders and and he found out on on a hotline or an eBird or something. I can speak to that experience and it does always feel just a little bit better to find your own bird than it is to relocate birds that were previously found or reported by others. The Great River Road is a series of routes along the Mississippi River, and I hope to loosely travel along the southern half or so of that route, starting in New Orleans and ending up in Davenport, Iowa. Along the way, if all goes well, I hope to make a loose trip report on recordings that I can put up as a solo podcast episode, where every day or two I stop and tell some stories about that day's birding and experiences. If I can make this happen, stay tuned. You'll hear more about birding the Mississippi Flyway and about driving up the Great River Road. I don't expect a lot of ABA lifers on this trip, but I am hoping to find a few species that I want more experience with. As some of you can probably appreciate, seeing a species that you haven't seen in a really long time, or maybe have only seen once or twice, can be really rewarding. A bird almost seems like a lifer after 20 or 30 years. Marion will also be birding with me, and I really hope to show, get to show her a lot of lifer first-time birds. Uh, there are some really fun birds that she hasn't seen. Uh, those would be things like red-headed woodpecker, uh, scarlet tanger, blue grosbeak, a lot of the vireos and warblers are going to be lifers for her. So I think that will keep her engaged and excited about birding as we travel. For me, cedra is a species I saw only once in Texas in 1998, and seaside sparrow is a bird I saw just once the same day in Texas. Acadian flycatcher and yellow-bellied flycatchers are birds I hope to see again. There are also a number of warblers I've really only seen a few times, and I hope to see along the way. But for me, Mississippi kite is a bird that I really want to get to know. I've seen it a couple of times over the years, but I really, it's not a bird I feel like I know. And I think I should get to see it a few times while it's migrating as I follow migration. In addition, I'm excited about some of the other places I get to visit. A lot of natural areas along the Mississippi, the river itself, and think places like Vicksburg and Memphis. So it should be really cool. If any of you have don't miss places to suggest, please send me a message. You can direct message me on Facebook or Twitter, at BirdBanter, or you can use the contact feature on birdbanter.com website. So, let's get going to this episode, Alex Marine, on the BirdBanter podcast number 128. 
Alex, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for doing this with me today. Thank you, Ed, for having me. I'm excited about it. I'm glad I get to talk to you. I think it should be fun. Alex, I reached out to you uh, in part uh, because I'm trying to talk to people from all over, but in part because I'm going to be doing a road trip up the Great River Road on the Mississippi River, which goes through Missouri. And so I looked on eBird for somebody who birds in Missouri who might be interested in talking to me. And right at the top of the of the uh, eBird uh, listing for the last year or two is Alex Marine. And I said, oh, I should. And you actually had, you even had your email address in your, uh, in your profile. So I said, this guy doesn't mind getting reached out to. So I uh, looked you up and, uh, and here we go. So Alex, uh, tell me about yourself as a birder. How did you get into birding and what's your story? Yeah, so I first got into birding, I was about 10 years old and my grandparents sat me down in front of a bird feeder and asked me to identify that everything that I saw. And one of the first birds I saw was a red-bellied woodpecker. And I was like, wow, I'm never going to see anything else as cool as that. And I was just hooked from that moment. And uh, I, I kept bird watching through high school and the first year of college. And I first went to college for physical therapy, but after hearing the follow your dream speech a few too many times in one week, I switched over to wildlife biology. And I'm, I'm really thankful for that change. And I chased my first rare bird in 2018. It was a burrowing owl that showed up in the middle of Missouri. And that got me started on listing and chasing rare birds. And since then I've found a lot of rare birds and gotten some some pretty cool life experiences out of that. Very cool. And it looks like you've, I, I just uh, read your eBird profile, sounds like you've in the, just in the last few years lived in a few different places. Yeah, I've had the phenomenal opportunity of working or living in Missouri, Kansas. Um, I did a field job in Wyoming that was an incredible experience. I went to college, met my wife at college in North Carolina, did a lot of birding out there along the coast, um, out at Cape Hatteras area. That's some pretty phenomenal birding out there. Uh, and then when it, my wife is from central Florida and I had gone down and met her family a few times and done some birding, but I was on spring break my senior year of college whenever I went down to Florida to visit her for spring break. I got an email saying I couldn't come back to campus because of COVID. So I got an extra two and a half, three months or so in Florida with not too much to do, but go out and watch birds. One of the unintended benefits of COVID. Mm -hmm. yeah, there, <laughs> there are worse places to be, uh, to not there, have much to do. There are. Florida is, you know, I, I'm not a huge Florida fan in terms of being there for long periods of time, but it's a great place to bird. Boy. It's phenomenal. Yeah. I got my birding start in Florida. My, my, uh, my wife was a birder and I really didn't even know she was a birder. She was kind of on again, off again, birder. And mm. we had uh, visited my, uh, uh, we actually, I was in the army at the time and we went down to Key West on vacation and stayed there two or three days. And my folks wintered, they were from Maine and were snowbirds at that time. And they wintered in on the Gulf Coast of Florida. And so on the ride back, uh, we had a we needed to stay somewhere for a night. And uh and Kay said, 
well, can we stay at the Everglades? I've always wanted to go to the Everglades. I'm like, oh, I don't know. It's not like much to me, but sure, we can go to the Everglades. She says, you know, you know, I'm a bird watcher. I said, really? And she says, yeah. And, she, and we stop at the ranger station there at the entrance to the Everglades. Mm-hmm. It was before all the hurricanes. So it was just a beautiful uh, ranger station and palm trees all around. And and we went in and Kay said, where can I find a pileated woodpecker? I want to find- and they said, you didn't see them in the parking lot? We go out with this, like six pileators just destroying these palm trees <laughs> in the parking lot. And, uh, and I said, that's pretty cool. I, I, I think I saw those as a kid, but I, it's uh, that's fun. And so we went into the went into the uh, ranger station and bought a Peterson guide for me. And we shared our binoculars for the day and went on in Hinga way and saw all the big waders. And it was, it was a really cool day. And I was hooked I was oh, off and flying from there. So that's yeah. So Florida works is a place to be stuck for a bit. And Alex, you, uh, you did a big year last year, a Missouri big year. I think you live, you live right. Must live just across the border in Kansas. Yeah, my wife is a graduate student at Pittsburgh State University in Kansas. She's she's also a birder, studies wildlife biology for her graduate work. Oh, fun. Um, and I work just across the state border in Missouri, and I was born and raised in Missouri. So I, I have a, a bigger life list there and spend most of my time birding there. And I took a really phenomenal field job with the Missouri River Bird Observatory based out of central Missouri. Um, and they had me surveying private wetlands and grasslands throughout the state. And wow. it just set me up really well for seeing a lot of species in the state by the end of the year. I didn't actually start chasing year birds until probably late October. Everything before that was either me chasing a state lifer or just me stumbling into a rare bird on private property. So it Certainly wasn't a record-breaking year by any means, but for a personal big year, I, I was very proud of it, and I had a great time. Well, it sounds like the, it's hard to imagine a better job to uh, have if you're going to see a lot of birds in a year. Yeah, no, and I, I sort of refer to it as my self-found big year because I only ended up chasing other sightings maybe 10 times the whole year. Um, everything else was a bird I saw on private property or a bird I got by covering really good habitat every couple of days and just making sure I didn't miss anything that moved through. Yeah. Very cool. Now I, I think of, uh, and, and I'm, I'm very ignorant about the central part of the United States and birding because I've never lived there and I've only visited a few places. I think of the central flyway as pretty much being up along the Mississippi and the rivers in the middle middle of the country. Does the fly, is there a big migration throughout Missouri or and that area in Kansas, or is it more just along the river? Yeah, it's, it's really good throughout the state. And we get not quite to the extent that Kansas does, but we get a little bit of uh, the best of both worlds, part of the Western migration and part of the Eastern migration up the Mississippi flyway. And um, most of the forests in Missouri, if there's a bird you can find right along the Mississippi, you're going to find it somewhere somewhere else in the state. The, the exceptions are black-throated blue warblers. You're pretty much only going to get those right up the Mississippi River. Um, everything else you can find somewhere else if you look for it. Scattered around. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. And uh, I, I know, and people don't think of uh, shorebirds in, in the central 
part of the country. People, oh, shorebirds, it must be on the coast. But uh, there's a big shorebird migration up the center of the country. Mm-hmm. I, I spent uh, a week with a friend birding in way up north in, in, uh, in uh, North Dakota. And gosh, we just had a fabulous amount of shorebirds on that trip. And I think it was early June or May. And uh, so I, I know that, that shorebirding can be really good at various places. Do you have some good shorebirding places in Missouri? Yeah, I live about an hour from what I consider one of the best hotspots for shorebirds in the state. It's called Four Rivers Conservation Area, and it's nowhere near the Mississippi River. It's uh, closer to the Kansas border. And uh, the the amount of shorebirds that move through there, I went there every other day in fall migration last year, and it was incredible. Um, there were ruffs and, or well, one rough, uh, thousands of pectoral sandpipers and stilt sandpipers. It was just amazing. And right now in spring migration, we get hundreds to thousands of American golden plovers in almost every farm field that you look in or every plowed field. So right now that's, that's been pretty fun with spring migration is just going around and seeing all the golden plovers. Yeah, that that was uh, leads right in. I was going to ask, what's going on in Missouri now for birding at, at this time of year? Uh, Shorebirds, you mentioned plovers. Yeah, um, well, today was this week has been really exciting for rare birds in the state. Uh, rough was found yesterday right along the Mississippi, um, and then I stumbled across a burrowing owl first thing this morning over in in the western part of the state. Um, but this, this end of March, beginning of April can be really unpredictable with what random birds are going to show up. Um, so it's a, it's a really exciting time. Yeah. Did your wife get to bird much with you last year or was she pretty much tied down to her studies? She got to go out quite a bit with me. Um, I, I think her Missouri life list is pretty funny because she doesn't go out and bird Missouri too often, but she'll chase the rarities and the birds that would be a lifer with Mm -hmm. me. So she'll be missing like house finch, but she'll have the fourth state record sage thrasher, buried thrush. Um, She goes out with me quite a bit. She's, she's a really incredible birder too. Very nice. That's a super special bonus for a, for Mm -hmm. a a partnership. Good for you. Good for you. We're very fortunate. Yeah. And you haven't slowed up this year. I looked at your, uh, you know, you're out and at them this year too. Yeah. Um, we're, we're planning on moving to Florida whenever Mary graduates at the end of the year. So I'm taking this year to just chase as many state lifers as I can before my, my Missouri life list concludes. Mm-hmm. And there've been some pretty incredible records this year, like the fourth state record sage thrasher, there was a snowy owl not too far from us earlier this winter, and I had missed that last year, so I was able to get that on my on my state list. Very cool. Uh, so, Alex, what's uh, going forward for you? Uh, it sounds like you've uh, got your undergraduate degree. You've got uh, quite a bit of field work experience. And what do you see uh, birding-wise and otherwise going forward for you, other than moving to Florida? Yeah, we're, we're excited for the move to Florida. Um, there's there's probably a few more seasons of field work in my future of uh, seasonal opportunities, which I really enjoy. I like the variety that I get from working different jobs every every summer or winter. 
And ultimately, the goal will be to find full-time work in wildlife biology. Uh, I love the idea of working with endangered species, doing what I can to conserve them. And I'm not sure if a master's is in my future, but I'm, I'm keeping that idea. So it's uh, one of the options going forward. Good mm-hmm. for you. I, grew, I told you I grew up in Maine. I saw that you birded in Maine. When did you get to Maine? Yeah. Uh, we actually went to Maine on our honeymoon last year in March. Very cool. Uh, it was it was really great. We both got our lifer snowy owl and dove key and thick billed mare. It was it was a really fun trip. And we we were in the Kennebunk and Agunquit area, just that really southern portion along the coast. Really yeah. beautiful. I love that area. The, that whole what do they call? Uh, I'm blanking. Uh, pool, the, the pools, Biddeford pools, oh, the Biddeford, uh, Biddeford pools, yeah. Biddeford pools yeah. area. And I have a good friend who lives down the, near that area and uh, try to bird there every chance I get when I go home. So that's really fun. Yeah, we we really enjoyed that. We went. Um, March was the off season, and we were excited about that because there weren't very many people. The bird activity was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think Bedford there's where we got the snowy owls. Yeah, there's almost always a snowy owl in the winter there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a really it's a cool place. And you probably got Iceland gull there. I don't know if that was special for you, but uh, that was that purple, was the life purple when we got purple it. sandpiper. Mm-hmm. I got I got my life for purple sandpiper at the Bedford pools. So it's a really cool place. Yeah, we had chased those in North Carolina a few times, but we finally finally got it there at Bedford pool area. Nice. Nice. Uh, tell me about, uh, are you still working at Prairie State Park? I, I saw that on your eBird profile. What's your role there? And, and it looks like that's a pretty cool park. I mean, I, I just looked at the eBird uh, bar chart and, uh, you know, the Greater Prairie Chicken, Henslow Sparrow, Smith's Longspur. Those are some hot damn birds for a state park. Yeah. And unfortunately, the prairie chickens haven't been detected there in a long time. They're not oh. doing too well in the state. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's just a couple couple of reliable strongholds, Taborville Prairie and uh, Dunn Ranch. But I'm still holding on to hope that I'll get prairie chicken for my county list there at Prairie State Park. I, I really enjoy working there. I'm a seasonal stewardship assistant. So I do kind of a lot of random things around the park. I weed eat, I prepare fire lines for our burn season, and then I get to participate in the burns. But I also get to do biological surveys as part of my job. So I start every day with a couple hours of bird surveys. And then a few nights a week, I do an owl survey at night, which has come up with some some pretty interesting results. Uh, actually discovered a pretty good sized population of overwintering northern sawwet owls not too far from the property. And that was really exciting. And, and then I do short-eared owl surveys. Nice. I saw, just as an aside, I saw on your, there was a Facebook post that you put up about after your big year finished that you started your big year with shrewded owl and your last bird was long-eared owl. So, so you got the eared owls at the start and finish of a big year. That's, that's nice. I, I was really happy with those results. You know, January, I think, I didn't get out on January 1st, but January 2nd, the first bird I saw was a short-eared owl. And then on December 28th, when I was looking at the long-eared owl, I almost didn't even want to try for another bird after that because I just, that was uh, 
Bookends. Perfect bookends. Yeah, Yeah. perfect bookends. Very nice. Do you have any uh, other uh, other parts of the country you've really enjoyed birding? I saw on your profile, you've got, you know, a fair number of states with a nice list of birds. Wyoming is is very special to me. That was one of my first field jobs. And I was working for the Bird Conservancy of the Rockies. And I had never been, I had been to New Mexico as a kid, but I liked bird watching, but I didn't really know what I was what I was looking for. So it was one of my first times going out west as a birder. And I got something like 80 lifers and didn't leave too much left in Wyoming that I could have gotten. I, I didn't end up getting American three-toed woodpecker or great gray owl, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, great gray owl is an, uh, you know, it's everybody's enigma unless you live mm-hmm. in uh, the, you know, uh, the upper peninsula of Michigan or something. It's uh, never easy anywhere. Uh, other places that come to mind? Kansas has been really interesting to, I haven't birded too, too much of Kansas, but a lot of the habitat has really fascinated me. There's a lot of barren areas and really nice grasslands, but it's just a little different from anywhere that I've been in Missouri. Um, so I'm excited about that. Utah was maybe one of my favorite states that I've birded in. Uh, whenever I was working in Wyoming, I had three or four days off in a row and I took a trip down to Salt Lake City area and I think I got 13 lifers. I ended up getting every one of my targets, Black Swift. Um, Scott's Oriole. There was a hooded Oriole there the year that I went, and that was a lifer. Um, it actually had mated with uh, Olex Oriole and stayed there for the whole summer. It was pretty cool. Nice. I'm going to get back to Missouri a little bit. I, uh, I, I don't know Missouri very well, but I know it stretches from kind of Kansas on the, on the west to the Mississippi River on the east, and it's a pretty good-sized state. Uh, I mean, I've, I've really only been to St. Louis is so my whole experience. Uh, I, I drove one time when I drove back from Maine across the country, I came across the central part of the country and I convinced Kate to come across that way because I, I wanted an American tree. I, I, me, I wanted a, not an American. I wanted a tree sparrow, uh, the Eurasian mm-hmm. tree sparrow. And uh, we managed to get that not in actually got that. I, th- I think it was in Illinois. We finally found that I couldn't find mm-hmm. it in St. Louis, but mm-hmm. uh, we stayed a couple of days in St. Louis and, and saw the sites and looked for it. But uh, tell me about the state. Uh, you know, what's, what, what are the birding highlights of Missouri, the different habitats, that sort of thing. The Missouri Department of Conservation has done a really good job at job at managing and creating a lot of wetlands throughout the state. So I really enjoy the wetlands and the mudflats, checking for rails and checking for shorebirds. Um, you've got Lois Bluffs uh, National Wildlife Refuge up in the northwest corner of the state, which I think has a high count of point four million snow geese in the winter. So it's just incredible to watch the murmurations of snow geese there. And there's always a lot of swans there in the winter too. Um, Eagle Bluffs conservation area is right in the middle of the state. And it's always, uh, it seems like there's always a rarity at Eagle Bluffs. They've got a lot of pools and wetlands there that usually have large concentrations of shorebirds. And then here in the southwest corner of the state, the grasslands are sort of unique compared to the rest of the state. A lot of birders end up coming over to this area and chasing. You mentioned the Smith's Long Spurs. We 
get pretty good movements of those in fall migration. And I actually finally got to see a breeding plumage male this week, which was exciting. And then there's large concentrations of short-eared owls overwintering, which is always pretty cool to see here. Um, the southeast corner of the state is kind of interesting. There's a lot of rice fields that get some fun random birds like uh, fulvous whistling ducks, black-bellied whistling ducks are breeding there now. Um, Black-necked stilts breed there too. And there's a lot of good birding down in that corner of the state as well. Very cool. And you said you haven't birded that much along the Mississippi, but I'm, I'm going to be driving up along there. Are there some, uh, a couple of don't miss places I should stop? Yeah. Um, the Riverlands Migratory Bird Sanctuary uh, just north of St. Louis is a, a really great spot, usually for gulls in the winter, but there's, there's always a good reason to go there. They've got least terns breeding there in the summer and they're, they're always fun to watch. Um, just north of there are some wetlands, the Clarence Cannon, I think it's a national wildlife refuge. Um, King rails breed there every now and then. And Last year, I think it hosted a model duck, which may have been a 13th or 14th state record. That's, that's a really, really beautiful area with all the created wetlands there. Very nice. Very nice. Well, I will keep those in mind as I travel through. Uh, Alex, uh, really nice talking to you. Do you have any uh, shout outs, any uh, uh, things you want to bring up as a uh, special uh, mentions or things to bring up? I've, I've have really appreciated you reaching out and, and offering to talk to me on, on this podcast. Thank you. Alex, thanks so much for being a guest on the podcast. I really appreciate talking to you. I uh, wish you all the best in your uh, marriage and your future birding and your time in Florida. And uh, I, I have a brother who uh, lives in central Florida for a uh, part of the year. So I may reach out to you sometime if I'm down there, uh, not, uh, you know, in, in a year or so. So uh, nice talking to you. Where, where, if, where in Central Florida are you going to be? I will be just south of Orlando in the St. Cloud area. Okay, perfect. I'm going to be in the villages, uh, dread of dreads, okay. the, the villas where mm -hmm. my brother stays in the winter. So it's uh, not far from there. So, okay, you take care. Bye-bye. Okay, you too. Thank you. Bye. Well, thanks for listening. That wraps up the Bird Banner podcast, episode number 128 with Alex Marine. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Alex. One of my favorite things about doing the Bird Banner podcast is having a chance to talk with people like Alex. There are just a lot of fabulous birders, interesting people that I have yet to talk to and have a lot of stories to tell. So if you have any suggestions for a guest you'd like to hear from or have general topics you'd like to hear about, please reach out to me and I'll see what I can do to make them happen. Stay tuned to see if I can manage to make a solo episode about driving the Great River Road and birding the Mississippi Flyway. So we'll see if that happens. Until next time, good birding. Good day. <laughs>